Well, as always, I uh, just want to welcome everyone, and especially our, our Boynton campus right there, and everyone watching at Church at Home. I, I, hope, um, I hope this series has been helpful for you guys. And I hope it's been eye-opening, because that's been kind of the heart, and if you're new, we're glad you're here. But we've been kind of walking through a series called Foundations of Faith, and, and really it's been about helping people kind of understand, like, what they believe and why they believe it. And one of the things we start to understand through this series is, is that your faith isn't just a spiritual thing. That what you've learned is your faith actually affects everything from your mind, your will, your emotions, your relationships, your business. Everything you do in life is connected to um, what you believe about. God and, and, and all of these things. And so in the heart of the series is really to go back and look at some of the very foundations that everything is built on. And so we started off week number one, we talked about salvation. And we begin to look at salvation isn't what so many people think it is. It's a covenant that God made with Jesus that we get in on. And then we started looking at God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, and how in the world God's presence in your life can change your life and why God did it and how it all works together and why you need salvation and God's spirit to be transformed. And so I just want to encourage all of you, if you miss these two weeks, I'm just telling you something. They're just maybe the two of the most important messages you could ever listen to from here. Um, I just think they're just so, so important. If you miss either one of those, you've got to go back. You've got to learn. You've got to take some notes because I really believe they are the foundational elements to build your life upon. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the third foundation of our faith. And i got to say something in, in this is that this one probably had the biggest impact in changing who I was and transforming my life. And the one I'm going to talk about today, I just am so passionate about. Um, I, I just want you to get this so, so much. I think it's so, so important. And today what we're going to talk about, we're actually going to talk about the power and the impact of God's Word in your life. Now, I know for some of you, the moment I say we're talking about God's Word, we're going to talk about the Bible, right? It's like, okay, it's a kind of a boring message about this ancient book. And if you're in you know, middle school, high school over here, you're like, I didn't want anything to do with the Bible. I didn't understand it, first, first of all, and so we kind of miss it. And so before we actually talk about the incredible impact and the power of God's Word, I wanted to kind of start out, <clears throat> maybe where, where instead of ending here, I wanted to kind of start here for a moment because I want you to understand when we're talking about God's Word, we're not just talking about a book. We're not just talking about um, history. We're not just talking about a list of do's and don'ts in your life. You're talking about something that God designed and gave you as a gift and a weapon to transform your life. And so what I want to do is start out by just reading something about God's Word. And then we're going to kind of teach you um, some answers, some questions, and teach you how to walk and understand it and live it out and experience everything God has for you. And so here's what the Scriptures say about His Word. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, 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 or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed. Happy is the person. How many of you want to be happy in life? I'm just curious. Yeah. How many want to be blessed by God? He said, okay. Well, well, blessed by God and the happiest person that doesn't do this, but instead, here's what I want you to see, does this. But whose delight, who actually loves it is in the law of the Lord and who meditates, right, is always thinking about it, memorizing it, taking it, understanding it, diving into it on God's law day and night. Now, 
First of all, the word law, for those who are new, is just another way to describe God's word or his scriptures. The first five books of the Bible were actually called the Torah. It comes to us from the root word yira, which means to teach and instruct. And so he said, blessed is the person, I want you to see this, who delights in the teachings and the instruction and the wisdom of God's word, who meditates, who knows it, who's an expert in God's teachings and instructions in their life. And notice what happens in your life when God's word is meditated on day and night, when you love it, when you get it, when you understand it. Because I want you to see how it isn't just spiritual. It's not irrelevant. It's not just for when you're old and you're about to die. Okay? Here's what I want you to understand about God's Word. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. It nourishes, it fills, you become strong, which yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. It gives you strength through hard times. But here's the statement I want us to begin to wrestle with, and that's this. What Ever they do prospers. In other words, I want you to see this, that God's word is not just spiritual. That God's word impacts every part of your life. Whatever you do, that means your marriage, your family, your business, your finances, your emotional health, your joy and peace versus fear and anxiety. That, that means the choices that you make in your life. In other words, I love this statement is because what they're saying about God's word is this is not simply an ancient spiritual book designed to help you understand things about this invisible world. No, what it is is a design to help you prosper because God wants you to prosper in every department and area of of your life. And we're going to look at this today and we're going to help you understand what this means. But before we got into that, I wanted you to understand what we're talking about. Because it's too easy for us to kind of tune out and say, we're talking about the Bible. Oh, I know about the Bible. Oh, it's just an ancient book. And I want us to understand that God's Word is so powerful. It's so amazing. It can do so much, not just in your spiritual life, but in every area of your life. Okay, so here's some of the questions that we're going to answer. And we're going to spend just the first few minutes going through these. And we're going to spend about 20 minutes. The last part, the main part, is this one. And we're going to kind of answer what is the Bible, who wrote the Bible, what is the purpose of the Bible? How do I understand and apply the Bible? That's a big one. And then this is the one where my, my heart really is. We're going to skim through this in like seven minutes and all, the rest of the time is here. Why is knowing God's Word so important in my life? Like, I, like, like this is where I want to start here because I, I just, especially those watching in line, don't tune this out. you got to wait to this. I'm telling you, it's so, so important. As they said, it leads to prosperity in all prospers in all of your life. So first of all, we're going to start out this by talking about what is, what is the Bible or who wrote the Bible? And, and the first thing we need to know, and I think this is a foundational element to understand because it's how you filter everything that you will read in the scriptures. That is this, is that the Bible was actually inspired by God. In other words, it's not a bunch of men and women that sat around and go, I got these ideas or we're going to write spiritual rules and laws and different things like that. That, 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 that it's not like all the other religious books, if you will, right? It, Buddha didn't write it. You know, it wasn't Muhammad that wrote out this, this thing. No, it's actually that God himself, and you're going to see this in a moment, inspired people to actually write out and reveal his wisdom, his knowledge, his way of life, which by the way is so much better than our way of life, his understanding, his desires, all and, and reveal who who he is. And this is central to understanding the scriptures because we have to realize that what we're reading was not simply an opinion of a man. It was actually inspired by and given by God. In fact, here's the scripture that once again declares that. It says this, for all the scripture 
is inspired by God, by the way, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. And God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. In other words, what I want us to see with this is at the end of the day, what, you're, what you need to realize is that God is the author, if you will, of the scriptures. Yes, he used people to write it down on paper, but its source is God. And here's why this is so important. Because when you understand that the author of life, the one who built you and, and designed your, emo, your body, your will, your spirit, your emotions, all of the world, when you realize he is the one that's giving you his wisdom, all of a sudden there's authority in what he says. Not only is there authority in what he says, here's what I want you to understand. Wouldn't you imagine, I love this, a lot of people don't know this, wouldn't you imagine if God is the author of the Bible that there, it would contain things in it that no other human being could know? Right, because it's divine. And I love it, because that's what people don't understand about the Bible. It's not just a bunch of laws and rules and history. It's that God actually does incredible things where he reveals things that science at the day knew nothing about. In fact, you know in the Bible, in Isaiah 40, 22, it actually tells us that the earth is a circle and it sits in the middle of space. Now understand something, we get that, that's common sense. But a couple thousand years ago, mankind didn't get that, remember? That Kyrie Irving didn't get it a couple years ago. For those of you who know that little story, right? But, but the reality is, is you remember Christopher Columbus, they were worried that he was going to sail off the edge of the earth because in their context, as far as your perspective is, you always see an earth that is flat. And the only way to know the earth's circle is to get above it in a perspective that mankind did not have. And yet, once again, God's word, once again, thousands of years, listen to this, before anyone understand it, God goes, no, no, I built it, I created it. Let me tell you, the earth is actually a circle. Do you know there's things about mold in the Bible? Like I said, that's just a spiritual book. In fact, most of the scriptures is not about the next life. It's how to live life in this earth. And so as God is giving people these tools to thrive and succeed in life, he actually teaches us. He goes, hey, I want you to know something. There's different types of mold, and you don't have science yet. You haven't figured out a microscope. But let me tell you something. If the mold looks like this, burn the house down because it's toxic. It'll kill you. We call it black mold. But if the mold looks like this, then you can just wipe it away, and you're going to be okay. Now, here's the question. How did they know that 3,000 years ago? There's no microscope, and yet it's written down here, and we can actually see it. In other words, it's, it's, it's above. You know, there, there's one thing I love. There's a part of the Bible where it says, hey, if you have this diseased animal and it falls into one of your dishes, like, it's crazy, that's in the Bible, right? And he says, oh, and if it falls into a wood dish, just clean it out and you can use it. But if it falls into a clay pot, your china, you got to break the china and you can't use it. Now imagine 3,000 years ago, it's your wedding present, you love these dishes that you never used, but you had to have, sorry, no, no bitterness there. <laughs> Um, could have had TVs, knowing dishes we'll never use. Okay. <laughs> oh, hi, honey. I didn't see you sitting right there. It's my dad. So I digress. Let me go over this side. Um, so, so imagine for a moment, 3,000 years ago, you're sitting there and you're like, I can't believe God is so mean. He's so cruel. These rules. I got to break, you know, my favorite china. I love this china. It was so special to me. And now I got to break his disease. But here's what's amazing. That wouldn't you know that thousands of years later they would develop something called a microscope that would look into clay pots and understand that clay is actually porous where wood is not. And that the, the, the clay pot would have these pores where the disease could get into and so you could wash it all you want but as that diseased animal's uh, infection went into that clay, as you begin to pour the milk, pour the water, begin to cook in it, then that disease would then once again kill you and your family. Now here's what's so amazing. How would they have known? It's written down 3,000 years ago, but how did they know it? Unless, once again, the source of it is divine. 
Not to mention, you know, there's something called prophecy in there. And, and what's so amazing about prophecy, uh, in 2019, how many would have predicted 2020 and 21? Right? Like there's so many variables that can happen. And what's amazing is God in his word, because it's divine, it's not from man, it's from him. He knows all things, but also controls all things. He doesn't just predict the future. He tells us what he's going to do in the future no matter what. And there's all kinds of prophecies about Jesus. Other things. But one of the most amazing things, if you ever want to read it for yourself, if you ever question whether this book is divine, what separates from every other religious book, because they don't have them in there, is that God actually makes some incredible statements about the nation of Israel. And you realize uh, um, almost a uh, little over 2,500 years ago, he says, hey, uh, I want to tell you what I'm going to do in the future with my people, the Jewish people. Now, right now they're divided. Right now they're slaves. Right now they have no army. They have no wealth. They've, got, they've been separated into two kingdoms and they're actually killing each other. They don't even like each other. Right now, everything in the world will tell you that this, this group of people, this ancient nation is going to come to nothing because of who they are. And God says, let me make you this promise. And he makes it multiple. I'm going to give you four of them. And 2,500 years ago, he goes, I'm going to actually return my nation, Ezekiel 37 and 38, I'm going to return my nation, I'm going to gather from all over the ends of the earth, which by the way, they weren't scattered then, but they would be scattered later, and I'm going to bring them back to their homeland, I'm going to unite them under one ruler, not, no longer two kingdoms, I'm going to make their land, if you've been in the Middle East, it's desert, I'm going to make it produce crops once again, and lastly, it's going to be a land that recovers from war, it's going to be attacked after they're brought back but I'm going to give them victory. Now, we can look at that now and go, yeah, that makes sense. But, but do you know what happened in the nation of Israel after? Like, remember Rome came in and wiped them out? And they were basically nomads for a long, long time. Remember Hitler came in as they were scattered over the world and, and, and slaughtered um, them and over two million of them were killed. Like, you look at what, and let me tell you something. That prophecy that God spoke to him was ridiculous, like, that's, could you imagine being in the 1900s going, yeah, right, like the Jewish people are going to be a nation again? Like, everyone around them, that whole Middle East, they hate anything to do with Judaism. Like, they, there's no way in the world. They don't have a king. They don't have money. They don't have people. They don't have an army. Like, they've literally been scattered to the ends of the earth. They're not a nation. Like, this is ridiculous. And then in 1948, the United Nations comes together. Hey, we need to return Israel to their homeland. Fulfilling something 2,500 years ago. Oh, and, and by the way, um, when they returned them to mostly desert, 75% of their land was actually desert. Within a few years, they were the fourth largest producer of crops in the world, which God produced 25, predicted 2,500 years ago, right? Um, they returned under one ruler instead of two. They were no longer a divided nation. And by the way, they became a land recovering from war because there was three separate battles, um, one of them in 1948 when they first got there. Um, then there was the famous Six-Day War as well that was backed by Russia, Egypt, um, in some, Iran, Iraq. All these, all these nations gathered together to defeat Israel, and God made Israel victorious over all. And not only that, expand their territory. Now, here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. I rushed through that, but here's why I say this. How can you explain that 2,500 years ago, you can go look at the manuscripts and you literally see it read like this century's history books, unless it was divine? And the reason why I share this is because we need to understand what we're talking about is not a group of men's opinions. This is God, the sovereign creator of the universe, sharing you with his wisdom, his will, and his way of life. 
you understand? Do we get that? Okay, now, that's kind of where we want to go. Now, the second thing we want to talk about when it comes to the scriptures, now that we get it, it's divinely inspired, is that it's made up of 66 different books um, written by about 40 authors over 1,500 years. Um, the Bible, for those who don't know, is really divided in two parts. We call one the New Testament, one the Old Testament. By the way, those words just they mean New Covenant and Old Covenant, right? The Old Covenant was based upon God and Moses and all the laws, and, you know, if you do these things and you're okay with God, the new covenant, Jesus came down, created this new relationship with us based upon grace and God's favor and love and forgiveness, and it's awesome and amazing. And so really the book is divided into these two covenants that God has created with mankind. And so that's kind of like your history lesson, a little bit of the Bible. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, we're going to spend two more minutes, we're going to get to the good stuff, I promise you. Um, for, for some of you, this is great because it's new, but for some of you, we, we've been through this before. Um, how do we know what this book that we have right here? is actually what was originally written? That's a great question. I really, I, I think it's such an important question. And, and the answer is really because we have so many manuscripts. And to be exact, we have over 66,000 different manuscripts of pieces of God's word that we, have, we can find from ancient times. In fact, you can kind of look at all the ancient writings, if you will, of, of the world. You probably cannot see this. Maybe church at home can because you can zoom in. But you have over 66,000 copies. To think about that, Plato, 210 copies. Homer, 1,800 copies. Um, if you look at all these ancient writings, Julius Caesar's 250 different writings. And what you can see when you understand this is, is you have so many different pieces of the scriptures that you can look at all of them to make sure you actually have an accurate um, depiction of what was actually written. When you have over 66,000 different pieces of it, you go, okay, this is exactly what Jesus said. In fact, what was really fascinating is in the early 1900s, there was a shepherds uh, that were just in these little caves, in the caves of Qumran, and um, they actually broke this little pot, and they looked inside of it, and they found an entire book of the Bible, the book of Isaiah. It actually, when they dated it, was 1,000 years older than the oldest manuscript they had of that book. So you had a 1,000-year window from the book they had to the book they just found. And they were able to study it. You know what they found? That 95% of the book was identical. I dot for dot, apostrophe for apostrophe, spelling for spelling. And that only 5% was d different, but most of that 5% was literally spelling and different uh, little you know, moves of the pen and different things like that. And the reason why I say that is this. It just shows us that what we have, okay, what we have today is what was written. And we have manuscripts and proof with all of that. Now, last thing I want to get to uh, before we get to the part that I really want to talk about today is how do we understand it? Because it is an ancient book. It is written over 1,500 years. It is about covenants that we don't understand. And the best thing that I can recommend you if you want to take this serious is, I like the Life Application Study Bible. By the way, I don't get like anything for selling this, just so you know. Um, I like it because the reason why I love it is it is confusing. And as I started to dive into the scriptures and I didn't understand them, what I love about it is, is if you look at the Bible, I don't know if you can see this on the video or not, they can show it on the screen, you can kind of see it, is what you see is right here is God's word. And then right underneath it, they explain all the things you don't understand. So that old excuse, oh, I don't get the Bible. Well, buy this. I think we have some in the lobbies, by the way, or at our campuses, or you can go to Amazon and get them, whatever. But, but, but literally, everything's explained right there. And so as you read it here, oh, that's what, that, that's what Jesus meant. Oh, that's why he said don't be anxious, because they were being taxed, and they were, they were dealing with this with this government. Oh, that was the problem. And what it does is it helps you understand it. There's also another method, by the way, and we're not going to talk about it today. It's called SOAP. Um, and you can, by the way, Google this. There's videos on this, and it's how to read the scriptures, how to observe them and understand them apply them and pray 
about them. Now, now that we've kind of given you a lot of the information, what I really want to move into is what I've really been passionate about sharing. And, and that is begin to understand why it's so important to both learn and understand and apply God's word in your life. In fact, let me just, I'm going to make a statement, and I don't make this lightly. In fact, I thought a lot about this, and I'm going to make this statement. And if there's anything that I can grab your attention, whether you're at home, here, you know, wherever you're at, if there's anything that can grab your attention if you tune me out, I want to make a statement that I don't make lightly. And here's a statement I want, want to make, and I'm going to back this up. The single most important and beneficial thing you can do in your entire life is to learn about and live out God's Word. Now, listen, I, listen I, I want you to do this. That, that's big, I know. That means it's more important than the school you go to, the business you, you have. That means it's more important than the athletic thing that you're pursuing in your life, the date you want to get in your life, right? You know what I mean? Whatever. It's more important who wins between Brady and Belichick tonight, just so you know. Um, right? That I, I, I want to make this statement, and I want you to understand, that of all the things in my life, I'm just telling you something right now, the single most important thing that has led to my life to where it is now is simply this. It's that I've devoted myself to learning and understanding God's Word and doing my best to live it out in every area of my life. And so what I want to do today is I'm going to take four things, and I'm going to tell you that God's Word can actually benefit you in your life. Four things. And if you're taking notes, I want you to get this, because once again, I don't make that statement lightly, like I really don't. And I, that's how powerful God's Word, when you get it, is. That's how important what we're talking about actually is. And so what I want to do is I want to list four statements that I'm going to make, backing them up, every one of them with Scripture. And I want you to see why I've made this statement. And then we're going to tell you how to kind of really experience that own power in your personal life. And I'll share my story. Here, here's the first of the four things is that God's word will lead you to be successful and prosperous in everything you do. We talked about this in the beginning. Now, why is this important, right? Because what we need to understand is this isn't a televangelist saying this, somebody that wants your money saying this. This isn't somebody superficial saying, this is God, I'm gonna show you the scripture, saying that his word, he's a father, right? And just like you want your kids to be successful and prosperous in everything they do and not just make money. And do, I'm talking about emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. I'm talking about your purpose, your meaning. I'm talking about every part of your life. And what I want you to see is that God's Word is actually the tool that God wants to use to help you experience this. And to prove it's not just me saying this, I want you to see once again what His Word, divinely inspired, speaks to us. Look at Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law, once again the Bible, always on your lips. There's that statement again. Meditate on it day and night. Like this is like, you need, this is the most important piece of information, more than math, science, anything else, right? Here's why. So that you may be careful to do, to do, to live out, right? Not just to learn about, but live out. Everything written in it, and here's the promise, then you will be prosperous and successful. In other words, just let's get selfish for a moment. It's okay just for a few moments at church. <laughs> is that this book, God's Word, is the key for you being prosperous, successful in every single thing in your life. By the way, not just over and over and over again, God will share this. Now, here's why this is so important. Remember again? Like, think about this. Who created you? Who created the universe? Who created your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions? Who knows when your body needs rest? Who knows how to have a great marriage? Who designed and created with the idea? In other words, I want us to understand something. That when we're looking at the scriptures, it's not just a spiritual book. It's not just about how to get to heaven and angels and deeds. No, that it's this 
thing that God is the creator of life has given you the wisdom and the principles on how to flourish and be prosperous and successful in everything you do. And here's what's so amazing. I want you to think about this. It's not just God's wisdom and principles. And this is so important. It's that God has the power and the authority to bless people that live this way. In other words, it's not just that God's really smart and goes, I'm going to be a teacher to teach you how to live. That's part of it. But it's also, I'm not just a teacher to teach you how to live. I'm the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm the God that commands heaven's armies. I'm the God that actually has the power and the ability to determine who gets that promotion, where you end up in life, how to heal that brokenness and emotion. And I've got the power authority to do it. In other words, this is not just this great wisdom and this great teacher. It's God going, I've got the wisdom and the teaching, and I've got the power and the authority to make it when you do these things in your life that I will bless you and I will help you become prosperous and successful. Now, think about this. Who's the one that designed marriage? It's God. God is the one that created the covenant between a man and a woman, which means God understands how to make it the best. He's your father, right? It's this gift that he has given you. Who, who is the one um, that came up with the idea of money and resources? The idea of the, God. By the way, who's the one who God actually over in the scriptures teaches us? Listen, I'm not just going to teach you that there, here's money. I'm going to teach you how to make sure it's not your God. I'm going to teach you how to be blessed by it, but not let it become the ruler of your life. I'm going to teach you how to lead it. I'm going to teach you how I'll bless you with more. I'm going to teach you all of these things about money and resources. I'm going to teach you how to marriage. By the way, God's the one that came up with sex got really quiet there. I expected a few claps, but maybe not. Evidently, we need to do a series on dating and marriage. Okay, um, right? But God's the one, like, I think about this. Like, I was like, oh, it's jerk. No, no, God's the one that I said, I, I, I create. So who would know best how to deal with sexuality? You see what I want you to understand? It's all areas of your life. God came up with the idea of leadership, all of you trying to build a career and business, can I tell you something? You go ahead and read the book of Nehemiah and you look at those principles that he led by. They're brilliant. They're amazing. You apply those to your business and your career and you watch how far they will take you. You look at Moses. Look at Jesus. In fact, what's amazing is if you've ever had a chance to talk to some of the greatest business leaders around and you listen to a John Maxwell, a Zig Ziglar, even people that might be connected to a Tony Robbins, what they will tell you is, is that the principles they're using are actually found in God's Word. And I spoke with people many times with these organizations that weren't Christians and they start reading the Bible and they go, wow, all of these principles these guys are making millions of dollars on are actually found in God's word. You want to learn about leadership? God is a great leader. You, you struggle with your emotions? Who made, who created emotions? By the way, who said we learned that we can grieve the Holy Spirit? Jesus wept. There's joy Right? God's word is filled with things, how to deal with fear, how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with anger and depression and sadness. God knows how to deal with unforgiveness and bitterness and all of these emotions, insecurities, having your identity where you feel you're not good about yourself. In other words, I want you to understand is when I say that it leads you to prosperity in all of your life, what I want you to realize is that God is a father and he wants to be the God of all of your life, not just your spiritual life. And in his word are the tools that you and your children are going to need to become prosperous and successful emotionally, spiritually, relationally, in your business, in your career, in your choices, in your calendaring of your life, in your priorities, in your money, in all of these things. And here's what I want you to say once again. Remember something. God's word um, is important. Now, now, here's another thing I want to clarify in this, and I almost forgot. This is the problem the church made, is then it became all about, okay, I'm going to memorize God's word. But notice, if we go back, I want to go back one last time right here. Notice the statement, 
so that you may be careful to, what's that word? I want you to hear say that. To do everything written in it. Like do what God tells you. See, Christianity is not about learning and memorizing verses. It's about learning and memorizing verses and then applying those verses. In fact, listen to what Jesus says, and I gotta be quick because there's so much. Therefore, every, anyone who hears these words of mine, God's word, right, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, meaning life and all the problems, but what happens? Yet it did not fall because it has foundation on the rock. The rock isn't just the word. What is it? Putting them into practice. In the same way, Jesus says, the person that knows all the Bible, reads it, memorizes it, but doesn't actually do it, but anyone hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand, the rain came, the streams rose, all the things of life, and what happened? And it fell with a great crash. Understand when I say this. When I made this statement in the beginning, and I helped us understand, it, that the most important thing in your life is both the learning about and living out of God's word. We can't separate the two. So God's word will lead you to be successful and prosperous in everything that you do in all areas of your life. Here's the second thing that God's word will do for you is that God's word gives you encouragement and hope. Um, in fact, I love this verse. Once again, I'm gonna, every one of these, back these up with scripture. For everything written in the past, that's God's word, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide that we might have hope. In other words, you're not just reading history in the Bible. What you're actually reading is, oh, oh, look at King David. Look at the battles he went through and all the trials in his life. Look at Joseph and the battles and the tree went through. Oh my goodness, look at Abraham and what he went through. But look how God was faithful in all of these areas. Wow, God, you're amazing. You, you, you came in here, and no matter what the enemy tried to do, you found a way. You moved, God. You, you turned what was intended to be evil. You brought about good. Why is that important? He says, God says, I gave you those information, not just for history lessons to read your kids. That's because I'm still the same God. That's because I still command heaven's armies. And when you walk through hard times in your life, and can I just promise you something? You will. Jesus said it in this life you have trials, that what happens is that God's word is the source that God gives you to give you encouragement and hope to remind you that this God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then he can work all things for the good of those that are loved by God or love God or are called according to his purpose. And you start to realize and understand. So when you walk through battles, when you've taught God's word in your heart, that God's word gives you the encouragement and the strength you need to persevere, to get to the other side, to don't get weary in doing good. Because in the proper time, you will reap a harvest, the reward, if you don't give up. And so God says, I want to give you my word. Like, why is it the most important thing in your life? Do you know how many people in this world hit hard times and give up? I can't tell you the number of people that have been in this church and they're on their, God's doing something in their lives and then something bad happens and you never see him again. And my heart hurts because that's exactly what happened. Because God's word wasn't in their heart. They didn't realize that God wanted to do something and redeem their difficulties and be there for them. And so the second thing that we learn about is once again, is that God's word is designed to encourage you and give you hope. Now, here's the next thing that God's word does for you. God's word corrects and perfects you. And you're like, that's exactly why I don't like it. <laughs> I knew you were going to get to the bad part. See, the reality is I don't want to deal with the things in my life. And when I read the Bible, God's like always telling me to change. And I don't want to change. Can I tell you something? Yes, you do. No, I, I know you don't want to give up what you're holding on to. But I know you don't want to live out where that's going to lead you. 
In other words, one of the things I love about God's word, I want you to hear this because remember the new covenant, right? It's about grace, that God loved us even in our sin, that this is love that Jesus had for us, that while we were still sinners, he gave his life. There's no condemnation in Christ. In other words, that God's word isn't there to beat you up, but it's actually to lift you up out of the brokenness in your life. I love to say it like this. I heard someone say this, that it's that God loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. Like I have kids and I love my boys and I see little things in their lives that I could later in life cause them problems in business, marriage, life, whatever. And you know what I'm doing? I'm dealing with those things now. Why? Because I love them more than life itself. And as a father, I wanna correct these things now with a little pain to prevent them from a lot of pain. And I want us to understand because God tells you this. I want you to see you're his child. And you know what he says about you? He says you're his masterpiece, his work in progress, and he's molding you and shaping you. And what I want you to realize is he's gonna use his word to do it. And God is, God is, there's so many times in my life where I've been reading God's word. In the midst of it, God's knocked my heart and go, there's something out of bounds in your life. Surrender to me, repent to me. And I'm so grateful for those moments about God has used his word to keep my life on the right path. In fact, let me show you the scripture I want to share you. Once again, all scripture, once again, is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us. There's the wisdom part, but what else? Uh, what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives? It, there's that bad word. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to punish us and make us feel horrible. No, God uses it to prepare and equip to get us stronger and ready to do everything good, all the good works. Guys, have you ever had a coach in your life? Have you ever had someone that loves you? And pray? Can I tell you something? God's word wants to be that role in your life. It's not to beat you up. It's not to make you feel like a failure. It's not to tell you you're awful. It's to go, hey, there's some things in your life that if you keep going on that path, you're gonna miss out on what God has for you. And God's like, I want to use my word to keep your life online. Remember, it's the most important thing that you can do in your life is to learn about and live out God's word. Why? Because that's gonna protect you from so much hurt and pain. If I could go back to high school and middle school, can I tell you something? There would be so much less scars in my life, okay? There would be so many less lower back tattoos in this church. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, <laughs> right? There's so many things that would be different in our lives. I'm in trouble today. We probably should not show this. We should record second service, right? All right. Final one, because I got to go. We got a lot, and I want to try to get you out of here before the Dolphins game. All right is that God's word gives you victory over your enemy. And I wanna go faster because I wanna to get to how this back my life. Um, whether you realize it or not, we're in a spiritual world. And God is real and angels are real, but so is the devil and his angels. And the Bible actually tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and authorities from the heavenly realms, that we do battle with a spiritual force. Jesus says um, that he, or told that, that he roams around like a hunger lion thinking, trying to destroy. And Jesus actually teaches us to pray deliverance from the evil one. So this is not some weird stuff. This is actually the world we live in. We do battle. In fact, we are, um, next series, we're actually gonna do a series on spiritual warfare. I can't wait to do that in a few weeks. But, but, it, but it's real. And what I want you to understand is, is that God actually gave you his truth and his word, which has got this authority, to help you find victory over the enemy. In fact, Jesus is the perfect example. When Jesus had to face the devil who was trying to keep him from doing what God had called him to do, which was not just go to the cross, but to go to the right hand of God the Father and to be given the name of every name on all creation. And God was going to elevate him to redeem and save mankind and become the right hand of God the Father. And on the path, the enemy does what he wants to do in all of our lives, derail us. And I want you to see, in every single temptation recorded, 
Jesus used God's word to defeat the enemy. In fact, the first temptation, God had told him to fast and that God was going to provide. The devil tells Jesus, hey, no, no, just eat some bread. I'm going to give you a shortcut to deal with an issue in your life. And what does Jesus say? It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. What did Jesus do? He quoted scripture. See, it was so tucked in his heart when the enemy used a lie to try to disrail or derail him from the life that God had for him. Jesus so had the word of God, he spoke it to have victory over the enemy. The second one was, once again, he said, I want you to throw yourself off this, this, this building and everyone will see angels protect you and they'll all worship you, Jesus. And that wasn't God's plan. They were gonna worship Jesus, but only after the cross, not before this. What does he say? Jesus answered him, it is also written, goes right back to God's word. Do not put the Lord your God to your test. Lastly, Satan goes, hey, Jesus, I'm going to let all these kingdoms and kings worship you. And Jesus is like, no, my dad's got something better. All the universe is going to worship me. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Every single time, hear this out, the enemy came at him. Jesus used the power and the authority and the truth of God's word to find victory over the enemy. Can I tell you something? What God is, what I'm saying to you is that as you're walking through this world and you're facing an enemy that's going after your children, your marriage, your emotions, your will, that God has given you his word to tuck it in your heart so that you can actually overpower the lies of the enemy and that the truth of God help you walk in victory and protect you from harm. Your identity, when, when the enemy says you're no good, you are who you are. Like in every single way, what I want you to see, how powerful God's word is in your life. When I make this statement, there's nothing more important. Like it's the most important thing. Can we talk, parents, can I tell you something? Do you realize one of the greatest things you could ever do for your children to help them live the best possible life is not the school they go to. It's not, and then listen, they should get good grades. Don't, but it's God's word. Do you know how different they will be in life when they've tucked God's word in their heart and the enemy doesn't have power over them because they know the truth of God's word in everything that they do? Do you know how many mistakes that you've made that they're not gonna make because they have that? That's what I'm praying for my kids, right? Let me summarize with this. Um, God's word will lead you to be successful and prosperous in everything you do, Joshua 1, 8, Psalm 1, 1. God's word gives you encouragement and hope, book of Romans. God's word corrects and perfects you and God's word gives you victory over your enemy. By the way, this is why you hear us say this all the time, right? Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed. By the way, that word is metamorphosis. And what that means is literally from like the worm to the butterfly, right? Like you're like, like God wants to do this incredible work in you, but how has the transformation happened? By the renewing of your mind, by the replacing your mind, your will, your emotions with God's word, God's will and God's truth. And what happens as a result, then you're gonna be able to test and approve. See how powerful it is, what God's will is, and what is God's will for your life. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. The single most important and beneficial thing you can do in your entire life, parents, to your children, is to learn about and live out God's word. Now, I'm gonna close with this, and I'm a little bit over, I apologize. But I just think this is so important. Because there was one thing as I was preparing this that I just, I couldn't shake. I, I was like, I'm not gonna do it. I, I'm gonna do it. Is I wanna, I wanna help you understand something about God's word that has really helped me see it differently and make me love it more. And I just think it's worth a couple extra minutes today. 
And um, it, it's confusing. I don't even fully understand it. Um, so, so don't, if you're confused, you don't be, you're not alone. But there's enough you can understand from this that it changes how you see the scriptures. And here, here's what it is. And listen to what God's word says about God's word. That in the beginning was the word, the word of God. And the word was with God. But notice this next phrase. And the word was God. See, God's word is a revelation of who he is. It's a revelation of his will, of his mind, of his emotions, of his values, of the truth. It literally is how we see and perceive God. I want you to see this. It's not me saying this. It's what God's word is saying. I want you to see this. For he, which is God's word, was with God in the beginning. Through him, notice the personal nature, not through the words, not through a book, but through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made and has been made. There's authority and power. In him, God's word, there was life. And that life was the light of mankind. And notice this last statement. And the word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Who was that? It's Jesus. That Jesus was literally the embodiment of God's word. He lived out all of the teachings and the instructions of the Torah and in the scriptures. That's why I said he fulfilled all the law. That in Jesus, what we see is literally God's word putting on flesh and blood. And so when we read God's word, it's really about not just inspired by God's spirit. It's also who Jesus is. And one of the things that I had to understand, and I know it's confusing. I get this. But one of the things that I had to get that was so important for me when it comes to the scriptures is, is that I began to understand that God's word isn't a book. It's a revelation of who he is. That's why I love this. Think about this. I want you to see this, that, that the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It's alive. It's powerful. It's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and details. God is saying, I'm more. Like this, this book is the revelation of who I, I am. You need to tuck this in your heart. You need to put this in your heart. It's so crucial. In fact, I love the last verse we're going to read. It says, um, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can I walk through this life without failure? By living, by doing, according to your word. And notice how the, the switch between the word and God is the same. I seek you your word with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, for I have hidden your word in my heart. In other words, when he says, let me give you the key to life, is you need to have so memorized and spent so much time studying God's word that God's word's the loudest voice in your head. Because when God's word's the loudest voice in your head, what you're gonna discover is it's how he leads you. And I can't tell you in my life, and I share with this, like when I gave my life right with God, it was the number one transforming part of my life was this, is I devoted myself to the studying and the understanding of scriptures. And I know it's hard. But I did, and I began to tuck it in my heart, meaning I memorized it, I tried to understand it. And I'm telling you, this is how God used to change my life. And when I say, like, let me make this practical and then we'll close. Like, when I, when I say this, it's like, it's not just your head. What I want you to understand is this is how God actually wants to lead and navigate you through his life. He will use the scriptures you've tucked in your heart to do it. And let me show you how this works and why it's so, I, I remember um, in business, I remember this moment when I was getting ready to make a business deal. And right as I was about to sign the papers, I was reviewing all of them. I remember the scripture that God put in my head. Do nothing out of selfless ambition. Do nothing out of vain conceit. 
In other words, I was about to make a deal that was more beneficial to me and didn't treat that person fairly. And by the way, and what did God do? God says, I'm gonna correct you. I'm gonna, that's not how my children, I can't bless that, Scott. I can't. Oh, and by the way, that deal went bad. Had I had gone through with that, I would actually lost. So God was not only correcting me, he was actually protecting me. But why? Listen, for those who don't think it's relevant, can I tell you something? Because I tucked it in my heart, I knew it was God. And God began to reveal to me and speak to me what? Through his word. I don't know about you, but if you ever struggle with self-doubt, you ever kind of wonder if you're good enough, you have what it takes, moms, dads, you know, businessmen, leaders, whatever it is. Like I, I remember even starting this church or years ago, like no one believed in me and everyone basically said, there's no way, it's not gonna work. You can't not take an offering and have a church. You don't have a seminary degree. You have a business thing. There's no way that this can work, Scott. In those moments, I questioned myself, and they were a lot. I tell you something, it's God's word tucked in my heart. Over and over again, he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion. It's not me, it's him. See, see what I'm saying? Tuck, you see how this works? See how God uses to drive you and motivate you? Hey, God chooses the simple, the simple and, 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 and to, to confuse the wise. Hey, in your weakness, my glory, my power is actually made perfect. God says to the apostle Paul, who has his own struggles and walks through these things, you know what I'm saying? And what, what I want you to understand, as I walk through this, I to go, man, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. You can't, I can't be the mom. I can't juggle. This is too much for me. Guys, no, 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 no. I am with you. I will fight your battles there. It's not just you, it's you and me together. And God begins to use his word to give me the encouragement to help me actually walk into a future that God knew I had but no one else believed in. Do you see the power of God's word? Hey, when I fail, I don't know about you, but I fail sometimes. And, and I feel like, God, I gotta run from you and I, I don't feel worthy of you. And you go, oh, wait a minute, God. You says in 1 John that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, wait a minute, you actually said that as far as the east and the west, you're gonna remember my sins no more. I'm a child of God. You forgave me, I'm washed clean. I think of Luke 15 and the embrace of the father from the prodigal son. God, that's how you feel about it. Do you see how, you see what I'm talking about? You see why I'm saying you gotta tuck it in your heart, you gotta have it there. Those are in relationships and you're going, I don't know about this marriage thing. Oh, wash your wife in the water of the word. Oh, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Do you know how many times God has used those things in my life to help strengthen a relationship through the difficult times? You walk through emotional struggles and it's fear and anxiety. The Bible says fear not. You begin to place, faith comes from here hearing and hearing the word of God. So as your word of God is that your faith begins to grow and what your faith in God gets bigger and your fear gets left. Be anxious for nothing because God is so good and he's faithful and amazing and it begins to help you deal with anxiety. You're walking through depression and sadness. The Bible says, hey, put on the garment of praise to get rid of the spirit of heaviness. And so I can't tell you the amount of times. Last week was a crazy week and I woke up this morning just praising God and praising God. And what was God doing? God was transforming who I was. Why? Because I've tucked it in his, my heart. And what I love about this is God says that his word actually makes the simple wise. Meaning, you know what? I never did good in school. But sometimes I feel I have an unfair advantage in life because God's word has been so tucked in my heart. It's the most important thing is to, is to learn about and live out. And so I walk into situations with wisdom beyond what I am because God is with me. And here's my heart for you. I want you to see this. We talk about the foundations. God wants to do this in your life. But if you haven't tucked it in your heart, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, then your mind and your will and your emotions will win every single time. The lies of the enemy will end. And I just wanna encourage you, get your kids, go, to get, go get you version, get a life application Bible. There's studies for all different age groups. Start filling up your family with his word. 
Start filling your mind. Tuck it in your heart. And I'm telling you right now, it will lead you to prosperity and success and victory and hope and encouragement and correction in everything that you do. Because it's not a book. It's actually a revelation of who God is. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I love your word. God, my heart just is, I know that so many of us are so busy and so distracted and I know there's so many people listening to this right now that just need to. They need to get in a small group. They need to, they need to, they need to create a plan and a goals. They need to and just get families together and make some decisions. We're going to hold each other accountable and encourage each other that they need your word. God, I just pray there's a hunger for it. God, may they dive in and may they hide your word in your heart and may they learn about it and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen.